You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Studio DNA fans. I'm Chad, a new podcast host here on the network. I'd like to invite you to check out my new show called Hot Takeout, where I mix together some of my favorite things, fast food and musical artists. When you listen, you'll get that feeling you have when you get an onion ring in the bottom of your french fries. It's a win. We'll dig deep with the artists. We'll find out what inspires them and what foods they have to stay away from. And we're also playing fast food games, which will also make sense when you listen. So check out the Hot Takeout podcast streaming right now here on the Studio DNA podcast network. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome to episode 205 of the Sports Yak podcast. The Ducky Medwick episode. <laughs> you missed this, didn't you? I love me some Ducky. Ducky was an MVP in the National League. He is also the last National League player to hit for the Triple Crown. But because he was a rather muscular lad when he was playing in the Texas League, he had a tendency to walk a little bit like a duck. And therefore, Joe Medwick was known as Ducky. And he hit 205 homers in his big league career. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents... Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! The last time we hit the record button was March 18th. Actually, you and I go back a little further. Right. Uh, we have been quarantined uh, together in case the listeners are wondering. Chuck and I have been in a tent on the back property here of the Radio Ranch. It's been a delight. Uh, we got bunk bunk uh, sleeping bags. Uh, Chuck's on top, obviously. And uh, it's been fun, Chuck. But I think I think it's time to go home. Now tell the truth. <laughs> now tell the truth to the listening audience. So uh, the Thursday before all of this really hit, I woke up with a horrible sinus infection, which led to an ear infection. But, of course, when you start talking on the front end of about this coronavirus, I got scared in the middle of the night, so I called it off. Thursday, Friday, 
and I ended up not coming in that entire week. Then we switched gears. Melanie, our our morning show partner, she's been at home now for three weeks, is it? Yes. But uh, I was uh, by myself for a week, and then you finally had enough of your family. So then you came, I'm kidding, you came in to do some work. Right. Um, And it's been an awfully strange season that we have been in. It has. And a lot of things have compiled during that time. And so I thought today might be a good day to jump back into the podcast mode and talk about some things going on, pro sports, college sports, high school sports, and how you and I, Corey, and you and us, listener, are passing the time and and filling our sports need Mm -hmm. while this is all going on. Let me start with this plan by Major League Baseball that I think was released by Jeff Passan of ESPN on Monday night, overnight Monday night into Tuesday, uh, that is being considered. It is far from being passed. Let me tell you that, folks. And I think um, Passan may have gotten out in front of this a little bit too much because the baseball players union is going to push back on this. And baseball owners have some serious questions about this plan too. The plan in a nutshell is to have all 30 teams quarantined down in the Phoenix area. They would play major league baseball games at either spring training facilities or the Diamondbacks home stadium, Chase Field, maybe even Arizona State University, which is not being used right now. And that is all they would do is they would stay at their hotels, they would be allowed to leave to go to the games, they would play games, and they would go back to the hotel. And while that sounds like, well, at least I can watch baseball on TV, which, let's face it, you and I talked about this off mic the other day, whoever is the first to come back live, whatever it is, the network that has that is going to have some pretty high viewership because Mm -hmm. we're all starving for it. So I can understand baseball wanting to get on in front of this. I can't see the players union saying, okay, we're going to be away from our families for this indefinite period of time. Um, and agreeing to this. Because here's some other things that are going to have to happen with that. You're not playing in your home stadiums. You're not playing in places that are wired for replay, for one. So what's going to happen with that rule? Um, Number two, because you're not playing in your home stadiums, all that sponsorship that you see on the walls and on the ribbon boards and around the stadium, uh, that's not there. So those sponsors aren't paying the teams for that. And so because the owners are taking a loss on this, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to turn around and say to the players union, hey, can you take a pay cut on this too? Because, you know, we're all in this together. And I don't see the players union sitting there saying, oh, yeah, 
let's take a pay cut for this because, let's face it, if you're the first to come back, which baseball, if this plan were to come to fruition and they would start in mid-May, they would be the first to come back. You're going to be a very valuable property in terms of television and in terms of advertising. Pause button. How many people does it take to put on a live broadcast on television? How big is that team? Well, that's a good size team too, and there's going to have to be now. Are Multiple. you going? Are you going to be assigned to a stadium, and that's the one you go to? And and this leads to the question: Do these teams have daily coronavirus testing at a time where we don't have enough tests for the people who are actually sick? Mm-hmm. And then you bring in the production crews. Plus, there's got to be a stadium operations team. I mean, somebody's got to run the scoreboard and things like that. How do these players eat and who's handling the food? Again, all of these things have to be. There's a lot of moving pieces, aren't there? And that's why I just, I would be surprised if this happened. Uh, The NBA had tossed around the idea at one point. Hey, we're going to play games without fans in the stands. And that still may happen, but Adam Silver has said, I'm not saying anything about this until May 1st. We're off the boards until May 1st. Gary Bettman and the National Hockey League. Bettman came out yesterday and said, I'm not going to have clarity on this until the end of the month. And we're probably not going to get in an 82-game season, which... I don't think anybody looks at hockey and says, oh, yeah, they're going to get the rest of the season in. Because, Corey, I don't know if you've ever uh, gone to even an indoor hockey rink in July or August. It's almost impossible to keep those facilities cold enough to keep good ice. Hmm. And that would be when your best games are being played. Let's face it, if... If the National Hockey League were to come up with some grandiose scheme to start the season, to restart the season June 1st, even if they don't finish out the regular season and they start playing their playoff games then, they wouldn't get through the Stanley Cup playoffs until late July. I I just don't see America having an appetite for hockey at that point. Maybe they would. So that's where the NHL stands. Obviously, the league that is set up the best for this right now is the National Football League. And the National Football League is going to be on a lot of TVs late in this month. In about, well, two weeks from tomorrow would be the NFL draft. And... People are going to be glued to the NFL draft. Sports fans are because, let's face it, we've had nothing else happen other than lots of reports about cancellations. So to actually see some sports news unfold, people will be watching that. And the NFL came to its senses and said, we are going to have a virtual draft, which is going to be much like any fantasy football draft that you and your buddies have ever held. And what I find comical about this is this kind of takes us back to the old days of the NFL draft. 
long before this became a high-dollar operation. Mm-hmm. And now NFL teams are basically going to have to go, okay, we saw these guys play in college, or at least we have video of them playing in college, and maybe we saw them at the Combine and, and got a little chance to poke and prod there and run some physicals. But like a player like Tua Tagovailoa, who was injured at the end of last year and really wasn't healthy enough to go until recently, nobody's been able to run a physical on him. Nobody's been able to have a doctor look at him and say, okay, we think he's good to go. We think he's ready to go. And you're going to have to base your draft pick on what you think you know about Tua Tagovailoa. Are we going to see a flashy Zoom conference on this virtual draft? <laughs> I don't know enough about how flashy you can get on these things, but I would I would think there's going to be a lot of graphics. Right. You know, graphic design teams are going to have a field day here. But in terms of how flashy you can get with the Zooms, I, I if I were advising the NFL, I would say keep this as simple as possible. Right. Now, there are uh, the Steelers... Uh, they have asked that there be more rounds of the draft because they feel like they they feel like they're doing lottery picks here, and they need more chances to get the right people in. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure that that's going to go over with the rest of the league. But it, after this wild free agent session that we had. And when we last joined you on the yak, uh, we had the biggest fish in the pond finally jump into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. But after all these quarterbacks shifting around and and Todd Gurley now going to Atlanta and Nick Foles coming to the Bears and all this, now we settle in for the draft and just so many unknowns for NFL teams, it's going to be really wild to see how this draft plays out. Let's just say it out loud. Do you think the NFL will kick off when it's supposed to kick off? And will there be fans in the stands? Today's opinion. I am an optimist. And you're asking me this on April 8th about a sport that kicks off its regular season in September. And it's preseason in August. Training camps open in July. I do think by then we'll be ready to go. Okay. Uh, I, you know, as somebody pointed out to me on Facebook, I'm no bleeping scientist. However, <laughs> I can I can just tell you from an optimistic standpoint, look, the epicenter of this thing recovered in 76 days. Wuhan is back to normal right now in 76 days. So I have to think that, yes, we're in the middle of a bleak time right now. And as we record this on April 8th, April 7th was the most deadly day of this virus. But I have to think by the time we get around to July, we're going to be somewhat back to normal. Follow-up question. So there's no degree from the University of Notre Dame hanging at your office that says bleeping science? There is not. Okay. And I, I find that hard to believe. I got a BA, but not a BS. <laughs> he still got it. 
Let's talk, speaking of Notre Dame, let's talk a little bit about college sports because we have heard from both Jack Swarbrick and Brian Kelly uh, in recent weeks about their thoughts on how this will all unfold. Jack Swarbrick was on with Paul Feinbaum. He is a noted sports talk host from ESPN, uh, focuses primarily on the SEC, but is a college football national commentator. And Jack Swarbrick was on with Paul earlier this week, and Paul asked him, you know, do you think college football will start on time? Swarbrick, also an optimist, said he believes he does, although he thinks they'll have to make a decision by June 1st as to what's going to happen. Uh, with no spring football, with the lack of uh, weight rooms being open for players and things like that, uh, Swarbrick kind of echoed Brian Kelly's comments on this in that he thinks you're probably going to need three to four weeks of just straight conditioning to allow athletes to get back into some sort of reasonable shape. And then another three weeks of practice before you would play game one. Remember, Notre Dame is scheduled to play in what they call now week zero. Uh Basically, before week one of the season, Notre Dame is scheduled to play Navy in Ireland. So there's a lot of moving pieces there. What's the situation going to be like in Ireland? What will the travel restrictions be on people? Obviously, I think both Notre Dame and the Naval Academy will work behind the scenes to come up with an alternate place to play that game if they can't go to Ireland. Uh, that is also the ESPN kickoff event for the season. So they have a vested interest in this. And let's be very honest about it. College football stirs the drink for all of college athletics. If you don't have the revenue from college football coming in, you do not have college athletic programs as you know them now. And if there is not a college football season this year, many college athletic programs and sports will die. It's as simple as that. We went through a list uh, the other day. You read it down for me. Who was number one on that list as far as income? Texas A&M or Texas? Texas, I believe. It might be A&M. I'll give you another list that I didn't show you. And LSU is kind of an outlier because Palmineri's baseball program actually makes money. Most baseball programs don't. But LSU, I believe, has 26 sports. Three of them make money. Football, men's basketball, and baseball. Men's basketball and baseball combined offset the loss of the next sport that loses money. So if you took college football out of the picture, you could have men's basketball and baseball and one other sport at LSU and balance the budget. If it's not for college football, none of these other sports exist financially, at least the way we know them. And that's why... There will be a college football season this year. I don't know what form it will take or how it will happen, 
Again, I'm an optimist. I think by the time we get around to July or August, we'll be able to have fans in the stands at events. Again, I don't know all the medical background on this. But that being said, there is too much money invested in this at all of these educational institutions. There will be something out there for for fans to watch. Okay. Um, now, the situation seems to change each and every day, as we all know. Uh, Brian Kelly was adamant. He he agrees with Swarbrick. June 1st is kind of a date where you kind of have to make a decision. Okay, what are we going to do on this? Now, I also know that there are talks about, okay, could we shorten the season? And, of course, they could. Instead of a 12-game season, could they have a nine-game season if they thought they had enough progress where, okay, we can't have these players come in in July and do conditioning, but maybe late July they could or or the beginning of August and find a way to get ready for football that way. Isn't there a, isn't there a big chunk of time at the end of the college football between playoffs and the bowl games. Yeah, it- supposedly set up, well, first of all, mainly because you've got 60 bowl games to run over the course of three weeks, basically. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't we just shift at least one week to give them some buffer? There's there's a lot of flexibility. In yeah. there's You could take away a bye week as well. Okay. I mean, every every team has a couple of bye weeks built in. But again... That assumes that your schedule matches up with somebody else's schedule. Right. So right. all that said, uh, Dabo Swinney, the coach at Clemson, firmly believes we're going to have a college football season. I think the college football coaches, the NFL coaches, are are pretty confident that their season is going to go on. Now, I've had some high school football coaches reach out to me and say, what do you think? I think there's enough doubt in their minds of what could happen that they wonder, okay, when am I going to get my team in front of me? Because it's a lot different at the grassroots level, but make no mistake about it, football games, even at the high school level, football and boys' basketball games at the high school level fund the rest of the athletic department. And... It's important for these athletic directors all around the area and for these athletic programs that at some point we get this back on track. I think everybody's hoping that football is the thing that we can count on for coming back. Now, it's interesting to see auto racing, Roger Penske, he thinks that they can start June 6th at Texas Motor Speedway. That's what he has targeted as a date. He's trying to get in a 15-race schedule, which would be a full schedule for IndyCar. I mean, you're asking me here on April 8th about something that happens two months later. I think that's borderline as to when we could start. The Indy 500 has been pushed back, obviously. Um, that's going to be in August. Again, I think maybe that's a reasonable time frame to think that we could get back to where 
fans could be in stands and not look at the person next to them and think you're not six feet away. Yeah. A sneeze happens and there's an there's a, a fight. Right. <laughs> uh, golf has really rearranged its schedule. Now, this is going to be, I think, very curious to me to watch the Masters in November in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, Usually the, held when? April. Okay. And and part of the beauty of having the Masters in April is because it's in Georgia, it's a little bit warmer down there. Spring has truly sprung, and you see the beauty of the foliage and the plants and everything like that. And if you're sitting up here, and it would have been this week, okay, you're sitting up here on a cold Easter weekend, maybe rainy on Sunday, and you can watch the final round, and you just feel warmer and better. Uh, but now I think you probably would have had a Masters without Tiger Woods this year. He's the defending champ, but he's had some back problems, and he had canceled a couple of tournaments leading up to the Masters. Now, maybe you have a fully healthy Tiger playing in November, a sweeps television month on CBS, and now you've got kind of the the opposite. Now the weather deteriorating up in the north and getting colder and it's going to be cool in georgia it's going to be cooler in georgia than it probably would be in april Mm -hmm. but still i i just think that that could be a great television event to see that course at a time when we haven't seen it before yeah i mean the players looks like the players i'm guessing have april as part of their game plan because they've you know it's been that time all, all of a sudden november's a whole new uh, you got to do some interesting research on what is this course like in November. And that's not the only major that's been rescheduled. The PGA moved to September. The U.S. Open, or actually the PGA moved to August. The U.S. Open moved to September. And now the Masters in November. Uh, that could be very fascinating. But here's the problem. Golf will be going up against football. And CBS might have to do some finagling here mm-hmm. with the folks at the Masters. And there's already been talk about instead of moving them, having the Masters play Thursday through Sunday, would you have the Masters play Wednesday through Saturday so that the final round doesn't go up against the monolith that is the National Football League? Because if you had any doubts about it, for all the criticism that we've heard about the NFL over the years, what's the one the number one sport in America, without question, it's not even close, is the National Football League. And for golf's premier event to be going up against that, that might be a little tough for the Masters. Also, we were we were talking about the college scene, and, and Jack Swarbrick and Brian Kelly also want to point out uh, there's been – A little bit of college basketball news here in recent weeks. Matt Harms with a surprising transfer from Purdue. And we don't know where he's going. He put out a list of about 20 schools that he would be interested in. Which ones caught your eye? Um, Well, there were some in the Big Ten. There were some like Illinois and Iowa. And it's like, I can't picture Purdue really 
wanting to sign off on him going to another Big Ten school. Now, he's got the right because he's a, it's a graduate transfer. So he would be going somewhere to take graduate classes. Um, so he is, he in his mind, wants to go to the NBA, and he needs a final season to be sparkly, and it's not going to happen at Purdue uh, in his head. In his head. In his head, he felt like he needed a change of scene. I'm going to need more minutes. I'm going to need more, more, more. Which I I really find surprising because it's not like Purdue has anybody else like him. Mm. Now, he had a superb 2019, but it did not spill over into 2020. Quite frankly, Matt Harms was something of a disappointment in 2020. He is not a physical big man. You know, he's seven foot one, but he is skinny as a rail. And he is not somebody who um, matches maybe some of the standards of some of the past Purdue big men like a Steve Scheffler or a Jim Rowinski who looked like they just came out of the bodybuilding room. Hmm. And if they set a screen on you, you might die. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Chuck, is the biggest block in harm's way? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think I think what he saw was a Purdue team that was growing talent at the guard and forward positions and might go to a smaller, quicker type of team, hmm. and he would be the odd man out in that. So, Riding on the wall. We'll see. Uh, I, I found that to be a very interesting development. While we're talking about basketball, on the high school scene, couple of developments. First of all, from a player's standpoint, congratulations to Charlie Yoder of Westview, Trey Galloway of Culver Academy. They are both named to the Indiana All-Star team. Traditionally, that team plays the Kentucky All-Stars in a two-game exhibition. We'll see if that happens this summer, but a nice honor for the two of them. Galloway is up for the Mr. Basketball Award in Indiana. He is one of five finalists. That award is controlled by the Indianapolis Star. Um, I think Galloway's cause is certainly helped by the fact that he has signed with Indiana. Traditionally, that award has favored players who go to in-state schools. Um, we'll see if, remember, Sean Kemp, as good as he was, was not Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana because he was going to go to Kentucky. Okay. So... We'll see how, how Trey fares in that. That award will be announced on Friday. And then the the other uh, big local basketball news, there have been two coach hirings that have certainly uh, garnered some attention last week. Kyle Sears is hired as the Elkhart High School basketball coach. Everybody knows Elkhart Central and Elkhart Memorial consolidating next year. Everybody kind of expected that to be the move especially when you go back and you look at the fact that everybody that has been hired to be a coach at the new Elkhart High School has been from within the Elkhart Community Schools already. There was some question, well, you know, boys basketball, this would seem to be one of their bigger hires. Would they look to make a splash with somebody coming in from the outside? Uh, I'm not sure if they even interviewed anybody from the outside. I know they interviewed at least three internal candidates and Sears got the job, which doesn't surprise anybody because the coach at Elkhart Central, Scott Siegel, was only there for a year. 
And I believe they also interviewed one of the former Elkhart Central coaches as well. Uh, But good luck to Kyle with that job. I know that's a dream job of his. It's hampered somewhat right now by the coronavirus situation because, and I think this will be the case for Josh Shattuck as well, and and maybe this is a conversation that we can have on a future sports jack, get one or two of them on the phone. But they've got a, a very complex situation right now over in Elkhart in the fact that they are still going to have students at the same high school be in two different buildings next year. Mm. The sophomores, juniors, and seniors will be at Elkhart Memorial. My under- Wait a minute. Before I, that's the future plan, sophomores, juniors, and seniors at Memorial Freshman Central. I think for next year, you stay in the building that you've been in. For the first year so the central the students who are currently at central would finish out in that building the students who are currently at memorial would finish out in that building okay either way you've got football players basketball players athletes in two different buildings and trying to coordinate and keep an eye on students and be a coach for both of those camps and combining them into one that's going to be a challenge for both for any of the Elkhart coaches, but especially for football and boys basketball. And then Amy Litka was hired as the girls basketball coach at New Prairie. Uh, If that name sounds familiar to you, Amy Litka was a star player at St. Joe High School when they won the state title in 2005. Uh, Then she went on to be a coach at Holy Cross College for a number of years. Something happened at Holy Cross College, and she was dismissed. And Holy Cross never really revealed what it was. And uh, Amy sat out of the game for a couple of years, and now she's back and at New Prairie, which has had a lot of different girls' basketball coaches over the last few years and just hasn't been able to see anybody get that program to gel. So we'll see if she is the answer out there. New Prairie has been going through quite a few coaching searches. Their football coaching search continues. My sources tell me, Corey, they have had four different head coaches of other varsity programs turn them down. I don't know if it's money. I don't know if it's the teaching position. I don't know if it's a personnel director problem. But there is some reason that people aren't taking that job at New Prairie right now, so they have had to reconfigure their coaching search and keep it going. This search has been going on. Russ Radke went to Portage back in early February. So, I mean, this search has been going on for two months now. Warsaw just finished up its boys' basketball coaching search. Uh, The job closed Monday the 6th, so they should start interviews here soon for that position. Those are the two big apples on the tree right now uh, waiting to drop, whether it's uh, the Warsaw boys basketball job or the New Prairie football job. Those are two big coaching positions right now that we're waiting to see how they get filled. Okay. So I'm guessing we can follow you on Twitter because you stay on top of that pretty well. Yeah, we do at 46 Sports and on Facebook on the 46 Sports Facebook page. Okay. So that's kind of a an overview 
of what's been going on uh, in the sports world and where we kind of see things unfolding. Obviously, uh, I'm a sports fan. Corey is becoming more of a sports fan since doing 205 episodes of the show. <laughs> and I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I know um, that I have watched some old events uh, to help fill the time. Yes. Saturday night, my wife made pizza. I had an adult beverage, and we sat down and we watched Notre Dame and Florida State from 1993. One of the greatest games. Notre Dame Athletics was doing a big deal about this on their Facebook page. They had opened it up to watch on YouTube, and we used the old YouTube on the big screen TV. And I'll be honest, it felt like a Saturday night in fall. I'm sitting there having some pizza. I'm watching a game with my wife. Kids are playing cards. We're playing card games. We're watching the game on TV. That that felt good to me. Yeah. And I'm curious, what are some of the classic sport events that you have filled the time with, or how have you filled the time without sports? Sure. So my 13-year-old loves NBA 2K. Does TJ play that? No. It's uh, it's it's the current version of NBA Jam, in my opinion. Okay. So as I watched my son play this, I said, hey, let's download NBA Jam because that was my game growing up, and it's got all the stars that I remember, and it'll be fun. <clears throat> so we started playing that, and, you know, you, you get points, you get coins, and you can build your own team, Chuck. And so we've done a deep dive. So the roster includes Bird, McHale, Akeem Olajuwon, Dominique, uh, Patrick Ewing, John Starks, Reggie Miller, nowhere to be found on this game, which I really? thought was interesting. Michael, nowhere to be found, but Scotty, Dennis. Um, and it goes way back. Dr. J with an amazing afro. Uh, and my son has no idea who these people are. <laughs> so when we're playing against them and I say, hey, let's do this team against these people. Uh, let's do, uh, let's do, yesterday was Akeem Olajuwon and... Who was he? It was Akeem and Larry Johnson. Oh, yeah. Against James Worthy and Magic Johnson. And we've been getting our clock clean for about a week on that, <laughs> on, on Magic and James Worthy. But then when we're done playing, my son's like, so were they really that good? And I'm like, let's go to the YouTube. That's where our viewing has been. Going and watching highlight reels that started with Bulls and Sonics Game 7. Game six. That was a six-game series. Six games in 92, 93? 96. 96, was it? Yeah. Okay. So Kemp, Gary Payton, yeah. uh, watching that Bulls lineup. And then we watched the flu game. Then we watched... Um, that was against Utah. Utah and Bulls. I never saw that game because we were moving houses that day. Oh, wow. So Debbie and I had to listen on a radio broadcast. So that was the first time I've ever watched that game, which some would say uh, put that up in Michael's top five games. I didn't see a top five performance, but I understand why it was put there. Because of the way the game ended. Yeah. yeah. And Utah was tough. Oh, yeah. I forgot about how tough they were. Stockton and Malone and Byron Russell. Sure. And then we watched a little bit of a New York Bulls rivalry, which was fun because I told my son, uh, 
Michael played against Patrick Georgetown in North Carolina way back in the day. Yeah. And that just kind of fed into the NBA, Bulls, Knicks, when that was a heated oh. uh, rivalry. Yes. So we've been watching a lot of, the, uh, actually a lot of NBA. Not so much uh, baseball or football, but NBA has been a lot. And that's been very enjoyable because I stopped, I stopped watching after Michael left. I watched last night MLB Network had on the 1968 World Series because of the passing of Al Kaline this week. Mm -hmm. And Al Kaline was one of the great Detroit Tigers of all time. Hall of Famer. Went to the All-Star Game 15 times in a 22-year career. And as gentlemanly off the field as he was on the field. Very well respected by his peers. So in 68, which was the year of the pitcher, uh, you had Denny McLean, who won 30 games for the Tigers in 1968. And you had Bob Gibson, who had a minuscule ERA of 1.12 for the season for the Cardinals. And they lead their two teams into this World Series. And at that time, the policy for NBC, which did the World Series, was they had the home team's announcer join the NBC broadcast crew. Okay. So if the game was in Detroit, you had Ernie Harwell doing the games with Kirk Gowdy and uh, whoever was doing it with him at that time. And when it was in St. Louis, which this game was last night, game six, it was Harry Carey. So, and Harry in the 60s is a lot different than the Harry parody yeah. of the 90s that we kind of grew up with. Mm-hmm. Harry in the 60s is crisp and clear, and, man, you can understand why this guy was a star. And it was fun to watch that last night. So Jim Northrup hits a grand slam in game six to crack it wide open, 8 nothing. And I just saw a little snippet of it. But hearing, hearing Harry and how clear and clean he was at that time, man, he was good. Yeah. Uh, so I've I've watched a little bit of baseball, a little bit of football. I did watch a Bulls Knicks game, and that brought back some great memories of just how intense that rivalry was. Yes, and I was working at an NBC affiliate at the time, so I mean that was a big deal for us. It couldn't have worked out any better because NBC, I think, got the package from CBS in 1990, and then you've got. The Bulls coming up in 91 through 93 and 96 through 98. You really had your heroes and villains. Oh, my goodness. Like, I can't believe, watching those old games, Chuck, I was like, man, I remember my hatred for John Starks, Gary Payton, yes. and Reggie Miller. Mm -hmm. Just the trash talking. Not that you could hear it, but you watched it. Or the Pistons. Oh, yeah. The bad boys. Yeah. Yes. And you either loved them or hated them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the NBA had a very WWE, I guess it would have been WWF feel back mm -hmm. then. Because it they seemed to rise in kind of the same way. And yeah, if if you were playing against the Knicks, oh man. And if if you were a Knicks fan, I mean, what better place than the Garden? Yeah. And that was just Ooh, when... they're going to Madison Square Garden yeah. for this next round. And Spike is chirping and yeah. and the whole bit. And uh just shows you what a sorry, sorry 
bunch that the Knicks have become now. And the Bulls. And the Bulls, yeah. My son said just the other day, oh, I, can't, I wanted to see the the Bucks and the Lakers play, and I just giggled. I'm like, I would have never have said that right. in the 90s. Right. Ever. Maybe when Glenn Robinson was playing because he came from Purdue, right? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. He helped a little bit. The Bucks had some some decent teams with the man with no chin, Paul Mikelski, and and guys like that. But, um, yeah. I remember that. And, you know, being able to introduce my son to a guy that was in Elkhart, Indiana, and was basically, we talked about this, number two, number three in the NBA, Sean Kemp. I mean, he was double-double every night he walked on the floor. He was something. And, you know, to think that basketball at that time in Seattle was jumping. Yeah. And only a decade later, they'd just pull up stakes. Yeah. Bye. Twelve years it's been. Yeah. So, there, yes, there are some things to fill the time with. It's not the same. No, it's not. It's not the same. But d- doesn't it make you... I'm grateful for what we do get to have when we get to have it. Oh, yeah. But I do I do enjoy going back and being reminded of how great it once was. Look, Joe Hart and Andrew Berlin and that crew over the South Bend Cubs, when Major League, when minor league baseball is allowed to start, I am guaranteeing you that the Cove is sold out. Four Winds Field is sold out for that first game. Because people are starving for it right yeah. now. Yeah. They're absolutely starving for it. And hopefully this all uh, kind of comes back a little bit. Now, uh, let me give our listeners a little something. Uh, Friday is obviously Good Friday. Neither one of us will be here. So no yak that day. You're taking a couple days off early next week. Maybe, maybe there will be enough to talk about to come back and do a yak on Wednesday. And if there's not, maybe we'll book a guest and and see if there's somebody that we can talk to cuz uh i've i've missed i've missed being able to reach out to our listeners like this well and you haven't had an outlet to for lack of a better word vent oh believe me there could, we could do another show where it's called <laughs> chuck vent it might have nothing to do with sports oh boy thanks for listening as always hopefully you have hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode whether they're Three times a week or once a month. <sighs> Boy, we didn't even talk about wrestling. Did you want to? No. Okay, no, good, no, because I, I have nothing to say there. <laughs> uh, Chuck, you can follow you on Twitter. Is that right? At 46 Sports. Sports Yak with two Ks. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga-looga, Ducky Medwick. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. You've been listening to Sports Yak with Chuck Freebie and Corey Mann as himself. Produced by Corey Mann. The Sports Yak theme song by Rhett Walker. Production elements and voiceovers by AudibleGenesis.com. Engineered by Phil Souza. Executive producer is Danae Hughes in partnership with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Interested in your own podcast? Contact Danae at Danae at StudioDNA.media. Sports Yak Archives available on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.